0: Are you in the zone to talk about this movie or do you need a minute?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm always in the zone to talk about cocaine, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Ryan Felipe's ass.
2: Hey,
3: everyone. I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about Cruel Intentions with our guests, Archie and Zara from the podcast. Now here's a story from A to Z.
1: I don't know. This is my villain origin story, guys.
0: (laughs) This is your villain origin (laughs) story. All I can say is we better win an award for this episode of the podcast. Seriously, this is what we submit to.
1: Get us all a million listeners. Is there a podcast category for the Grammys yet?
0: There should be if there is. This is
3: what is going to start it. We're going to pioneer it.
1: I know there is for audiobooks. Zara, I need audiobooks. you to write a book so I can narrate it. She's written books.
4: Yeah. I, I,
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they already have books.
4: They already have narrators, but I, I, I will. I mean, to be honest, if I write a, a, a book with a male protagonist, I, I, that goes to my husband to record. He's a voice, can do voice acting stuff. But then if there's a second male character, Archie, you can do it then.
1: Okay, that's fine as long as the male character is based off of me, anyway.
4: Yeah, yeah, we'll do. I'll do that. Before
3: we get into the movie, do you guys want to just tell our listeners about your podcast, uh, how you guys got started?
4: Yeah,
1: Archie, you want to, want to tell them? Um, so basically, it started because we were both guests on separate episodes of Holy Swift. I tried starting a feud with Zara, like I always do with other podcast hosts. And instead of her biting for the feud, she gets a spinoff of Holy Swift of her own for her Patreon. And we meet on that and then apparently got along very well.
4: Yeah. I annoyingly. had you on as a guest on that because Holy Swift, every time I was on Holy Swift, they were like, oh, you and Archie, you and Archie, you've been on, you're like on it all the time. Archie's on it all the time. It's like, who is this yeah. Archie guy? He should for sure come, come on to my spinoff, obviously.
1: Which is really funny because I got introduced to Holy Swift because I was just li- a listener, and I wrote in. They had like this weird thing where it was like a apply to be our best friend thing, and I sent in an email to apply for it to be Jessica's best friend.
4: I remember that. <laughs> and that's that. literally how I met. Me. <laughs> Amazing. I also remember like feud with me and feeling like so flattered. <laughs> like I'm so cool. And then now well, that I know him,
1: <laughs> I wanted to start a feud so we could get like more listeners to our podcast. But, I mean, starting a feud with you kind of worked because it got me a podcast, so... So, you know, it wasn't a bad plan. No, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) You guys!
4: (laughs) So we all hit continue now, right? This being is, yeah, say continue. I just said, Mine
0: just... tells me to hit got it. Why is mine different?
1: Well, do you See got it?
4: <laughs> Sometimes I think apps are trying to do this. I've noticed this like cool thing where they try to seem like they're not apps, they're just like mm. friend, your friends talking to you. So they'll put up different messages for different, like they'll be like, got it, or like, sound good. I've, I'm noticing this all the time now.
1: So you know how like, in Batman, there's not a true origin story for the Joker. He has like four because basically he like trauma blocked his entire past out, and even he doesn't know what happened. Correct. That's literally gonna be me in like five minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we have one more technical thing, I think we're done.
1: I've been dealing with dealing with my phone all day because it woke up and decided to throw a temper tantrum too. Wait, then is, my is oven Mercury gave out.
0: Retrograde.
1: and my microwave gave out last week
3: my god and then my oh, air fryer started to
1: get an attitude and i'm like
3: so i think i got most of your origin story you were talking about feuding and then my internet cut off okay uh, feuding pays off <laughs> spinoff of holy swift it was a, yeah you
4: know yeah we met we met through holy swift and decided we have great chemistry and should do our own podcast
1: yeah and i'm a white gay man who loves attention so i'm never gonna say no to a podcast <laughs> yeah he's a he's the diva I would love to disagree with that, but I can't. Although it's really fun because Zara doesn't know about like the close friend story on Instagram yet. <laughs> right,
0: because she didn't have oh, an Instagram I didn't. when that my happened. Instagram,
4: <laughs> ah, my stupid Instagram situation.
0: Wait, did you get it back or did you have to make a new one?
4: I had to make a new one and it's really personally devastating to me because I had almost 5,000 followers and now I have 53 followers oh and um, I don't know how I'm going to get them all back. And
1: Wait, how do you I, only have 53 or a podcast has more than that?
4: Whatever. I haven't worked, uh, I haven't like tried to get more followers, but I worked for like five years to get my 5,000 followers, and I've tried everything to to recover my account. And they're they're just it's been three months, they haven't gotten back to me. So I'm just assuming it's gone. Um, uh, maybe maybe one day they'll get it, I'll get it back. We don't need to talk about it right now. I'm like, I was thinking yesterday about how like my life's pretty good right now, except this one thing that I'm furious about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. But if that's the one thing, then, you know, I'm grateful. Anyway, so, yeah, Archie, I missed your close friend story.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, The week that we didn't put out an episode, I was like, I'll give out some content. So I okay. got messy drunk Okay. Um, cool. and fought slash sexted slash talked to multiple men at the same time and okay. posted screenshots on the close friend story
4: oh amazing I missed out on that I know I'm glad I'm back I'll I'll get to see, see you the next time you get drunk and messy which is like probably going to be like later today I'm guessing well, as
0: soon as we get off this recording
1: I think I'm going to yeah. enter my reputation era and go like all dark and mysterious and moody <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Just talking about yeah, it, me and Catherine we were saying just we're, gonna talking about not, we're gonna delete all everyone we're following on Instagram, delete all of our posts. What was her reason though? I don't remember. We couldn't, something <laughs> was
3: some minor inconvenience about our Instagram about how something wasn't working right. And we were like, that's it. We're just gonna delete the whole thing and start oh from zero. And post
1: I kind of did do that during Scorpio season this year. Yeah. Like <laughs> I archived all of my posts except for I think there was like 12 that I left. And then like I posted like a dark and moody, like Scorpio ish photo
4: okay guys I want to talk about this movie
0: oh yes okay (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) this is the first time you've ever watched yes oh my god never seen it before ever in my life oh my god what the experience was like for Um, watching it the first time yeah
3: I already have seen it twice I watched it two times consecutively (laughs) back to back oh literally finished it and went to sleep woke up watched it again I Amazing. can't believe I've lived this long without it. I don't know. It's gonna be become part of my identity. I don't I am obsessed with it in a way I haven't been in, with a movie in a long time.
0: Okay. It's it aged well though. It did yeah. it really it, age, did. it did age well. It it really I have did. to say something important. Okay. I have been trying to get Alexa to watch Cruel Intentions for at least
3: I knew two the years. time had to be right though. We needed to put it in the ske- on the schedule, get the right people on here to talk about it and with
0: look at you. It's gonna become part of my identity. Yeah.
3: I was slightly disappointed that it did at the beginning tell me that it was and I didn't know this, that it's an adaptation of dangerous liaisons. Yeah. Because then I knew the entire plot and I was really curious if they were gonna kill off sebastian and they did i was like they oh it's, sure, i sure guess he's did. gonna die but it was still fine because it was
1: magical
0: why does everybody know that story and well, where have i i, been?
1: I was thinking it. the exact same thing i was like i'm, I'm an know idiot it because it was i a stage read like, play, the and... specials in high school and not this
4: <laughs> no you guys you guys you guys it's unusual she's like She doesn't know that she's
1: actually flexing by having just (laughs) said that. Um, Like I was an English major and I've never heard of anyone just casually be like, yeah, I've read that book.
3: All right. I am going to confess where I know the plot from. It's because it was a stage play and the stage play was featured in the television show Smash. And mm-hmm. I was an avid watcher of Smash. Well, and uh, that that's sense. how I know the plot of Dangerous Liaisons. Okay,
1: Can you bring me back for an episode about Smash? Oh, well,
3: um, yes, I, I will not be talk- attending. I would love to talk about Smash. Catherine, I, I will me. co-host. So, yeah. So being that I have learned the plot of Dangerous Liaisons from Smash, I did know what was going to happen. in movie. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And I
4: had I actually had never seen Dangerous Liaisons. But before I when I found out I was going to do this podcast, I was like, okay, well, I should see dangerous liaisons. And I watched the whole thing just a few days ago. um, And it was very weird having seen Cruel Intentions first and then seeing, like, so obvious. Like, I did know what was going to happen because I've seen Cruel Intentions a million times. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really is, like, moment per moment. It's shockingly serious. Oh, really? I
3: was shocked at how I've never... There are probably adaptations of Dangerous Liaisons that were not as closely following the plot it is basically exactly what happened
1: wow although there was that kind of like teen movie boom that was just like movies based off of classic novels back then too it was like that clueless 10 things
0: i hate about you uh,
1: yeah oh that one's my favorite
0: wait clueless was based off a novel
4: uh Uh, what
1: was it it was a jane austen a jane
4: austen Um, Austen novel I'm forgetting the name of it i'm forgetting the name have i ever
3: read a book apparently (laughs) not
1: And there was, what was the, there was, I swear there's one about Pride and Prejudice too. Yes. I know there's a Pride and Prejudice movie, but like, there was also, I want to say there was a, one about Pride adaptation. and Prejudice. There was I more. Think, I know there's more.
4: 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew, right? Or, yes. or yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Emma
3: is what they're saying. Clueless is a. Clueless is,
4: about, um, is, is based on yes. Emma. based on Emma. Now we know what Emma's about.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Because some of them are very loose adaptations. This one was real spot on. It basically follows the plot word for word.
4: Yeah! Wow! Yeah! I mean, that being Maybe. said, dangerous liaisons—I virtually had no idea what they were talking about because they're speaking in such an yes. antiquated, you know, seventeen hundreds France. France. I mean, I think. the language was so Shakespearean. Actually, is what it sounded like to me almost.
3: To be honest, even having known the plot before watching Cruel Intentions, it did clear a lot of it up. I was like, "Oh, this is what's happening. This makes a lot more sense." It's a it's a good adaptation of the story for sure. Yeah, yeah, it it drives home the right points.
1: Maybe that's like the secret of like all those like teen movies of the '90s and like early 2000s. They're all based off like some type of classical novel, whether it's like a well known one or not. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those like a hey, we know the story will like kind of age well. Whereas like I don't really I haven't really seen that. I mean, there's obviously, like, movies based off books, but not, like, a ton based off of like classic, classic novels anymore. Yeah. Especially, like, okay. the, I mean, Dangerous Liaisons is, like, I mean, yeah, it's a classic book, but it's also not a well-known No,
3: classic. definitely not. It's not Romeo and Juliet.
1: But it? I mean, they also gave us, like, Romeo and Juliet at the time. Yeah. And, and, like, the Standard Pride and Prejudice. And then, like, the Babysitter's Club, for example, a perfect one.
0: It was a golden time for teen cinema.
1: Yeah. And Christina Ricci.
0: Well,
4: Christina Ricci is my absolute. I mean, we're not talking about her right now, but I adore her so much. Have you guys done an episode on her yet?
1: We we're haven't.
4: Up, no, but now that I'm thinking about it, we that needs to happen.
1: There's like so many that like I want to do, and so many that we've done that I didn't want to do. <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> Archie, I have an idea, and I'll talk to you about it later. But but okay. yeah, we 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 never again have to do ones we don't want to do.
1: It did pay off on a couple of them, like Evan Rachel Wood. That's a good one. She's kind of dope as fuck.
4: I've always loved Evan Rachel Wood. That was a surprising one for you. You didn't know you were going to like her so much. It's been so. Don't like that one girl.
1: I forget her name.
0: Oh my god, is it the same girl I don't like? Katie Holmes. Oh no, I don't mind her. I love Katie. Katie
1: Love the guest. The episode is good because I love that guest. But like,
3: not a Katie Holmes fan. (laughs) She almost played Reese Witherspoon's part. They wanted her to be a net.
1: She she also almost played Sarah Michelle Geller's role in Buffy. Sarah Whoa, Michelle Geller really? was supposed to be um Cordelia. Whoa.
3: Really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow.
1: And Sarah Michelle Geller was also originally supposed to be um Sabrina instead of Melissa Joan Hart.
0: Oh but that would she be turned high. it down for
1: Buffy. But I'm unclear on if she turned it down for Buffy before or after she got like the character Buffy. Right. Wow.
0: Jenna Malone is the one I don't like Oh, that era. I don't really, like, I, I don't do really her. like her either. Yeah, we'd we we will not do her. I don't know anything about her, really.
4: She is, is she, her, She's a bad
0: actress. <laughs> <laughs> she's not our favorite. It's fine. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Cruel Intentions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great.
0: First, I have to say the ego boost that it gave me when this came out, and not only was her name Catherine, but it was
1: spelled oh, yeah. your me?
4: way. I, I wanted to. Oh, I Jesus. wanted to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Does it not make you want to just stick on like the highest pair of high heels you have and go fuck someone's dad and then like, just, like <laughs> burn Someone a church down? Me a
0: huge cross necklace. And in fact, I had one a few years later. During the rhinestone craze, I had a huge rhinestone cross. Oh my Should
4: God. Should we all I'm just do like a quick bump of
1: cocaine? Like yeah. just to get it going?
4: I love that she had Honestly. that scoop that, that it unscrewed that little thing. Yes. Tiny little bumps of cocaine. So cute. <laughs>
1: That's actually the same way I take my antidepressants. (laughs)
4: It's (laughs) just through powder in 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 a a a cross cross on your
3: amazing.
4: I loved um, I forgot the moment where, you know, she's meeting with Selma Blair's character and her mom in the the beginning. And
3: Catherine is one of the most popular girls at school. Listen to whatever she has to say and you'll go far.
4: (laughs) How do you do it? Where do you get your strength? And she puts her hand really seductively down her shirt in a way that makes The mom, like, her like, be like, uh, what's going on? And then she pulls out the cross and the mom's like, oh,
2: she has a cross. It's so sweet. Well, I know this sounds corny, but whenever I feel the temptation of peer pressure, I turn to God and he helps me through the problem. Oh, that's beautiful.
4: And so then we're like, oh, she's seductive. She's sexy. She's a little pushing the edge and kind of trying to, Trying to shock people a little bit, but she's this, she is ultimately this good girl with a cross. We sense maybe there's something dark, bl- darker going on there. But then she actually, then when they're gone, she unscrews and We learn it's
1: actually cocaine is inside this Jesus cross. I actually do the exact same thing on my first dates, just yeah. to test the boundaries a little just bit. To
4: test the boundaries <laughs> a little bit. See how much they can handle. Like, yeah. I and mean, if I see
1: that like I've crossed the line a little bit too much, I just like t- pull it back a little bit with like, one of those, like, mini Bibles that you, they used to give you in middle school.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I never had a mini Bible.
1: Apparently, they make great rolling papers. Oh, my God. oh, oh please. Well, that ma- we that used to sense. rip
0: the blank pages out of the back all the time. That yeah. makes sense. But if I had a mini one, I could have carried it with me.
1: <laughs> I mean, body of Christ, indeed.
0: Should we, like, go... Straight talk. to Ryan
1: Philippe's bare ass. Yeah. I mean skip <laughs> right there. We
0: don't we don't usually go like the Chronolog- plot yeah like chronologically through the plot, but
4: can we talk about now that I've watched Dangerous Liaisons and uh Cruel Intentions back to back? I watched Cruel Intentions yesterday again for the millionth time. I realized I'm not like 110% clear on what the plot even really is. I always remembered it from, I used to watch it a lot in high school because it was a like complete sexual awakening for me. And I was like, oh, this is what sexuality and sex is. Got it. So it was a really great like role model for me, obviously. <laughs> um, But I hadn't seen it since high school. And the way I remembered it was that I didn't really know what Selma Blair was going on with her because I thought that I thought it was just like simple. Catherine sets up this, like she challenges her brother. I bet you can't um get Reese Witherspoon to lose her virginity to you. But if you succeed, you'll get to sleep with me. If you fail, I'm gonna get your car.
1: So I'm glad you asked this question because this is one of my like favorite things about this movie because you never see it. Yeah. And I can't remember the actual like legitimate literature device name or whatever it's called that. Does this, but it's basically like it sets up like a main plot, which is basically the relationship between the brother and the sister. But then it it almost like throws you off guard by introducing these other plots that kind of take over the story. So it kind of becomes a like a couple separate different movies. Like you're seeing like Catherine and Selma Blair's character doing whatever. You see Homeboy and Reese Witherspoon's love story, kind of, Mm -hmm. but then at the end it throws you for a giant loop. And you get that ending that you got. And it kind of brings you back to like the very beginning of the story where you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that is actually the main point of this movie is their relationship and a story about their relationship. Not necessarily like it's basically like it's telling the story of the end for them, not really telling the history of their relationship, just like how it stopped,
4: how it's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the the telling us their origin story, which I kind of would want to see. Maybe
1: I'd write it, that. That's kinda... It also has like several messages of not necessarily life after death, but like legacy after death. Mm. and how like people are perceived after death better than they are because like at the end of the movie he's a hero but really he's just as awful as Catherine Catherine is right like there's nothing about him that made him better than her not a single thing
4: it bugs me because what the single thing is that sort of like I think some people might argue and I've seen it before is that like ultimately he fell in love <laughs> His ass. he fell in love and so oh he has some redemption because he he truly experienced and love. that he
3: used the truth almost as a weapon i mean he like kind of he definitely takes... does not become a better person no anyway. he just takes the truth and thinks i'm going to tell the truth and that's going to make me a better person and that is not
0: no he doesn't even think he thinks it's going to get me the girl back he doesn't well, even think it'll make true. Him a better person
1: well and that's the interesting thing too there's so many ways you can dissect just a message behind this, but you can even like dissect it into being like, okay, maybe they're not the villains because yeah, all they really are doing is telling the truth and forcing people to face the truth. They're not lying. And it's kind of like growing up you are always so don't lie, don't lie, tell the truth. Well, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't really do anything. They were shady. Yeah. But on paper, they really didn't do anything wrong except for cocaine.
4: I mean, you know, Catherine herself put into, she didn't maybe do the things, but she put into motion like try to deflower this innocent girl and simultaneously this is the part i don't fully understand she's like and i need you to ruin selma blair's reputation um so that's a shady thing to do but also tell me if i'm right here this is what i i came away thinking um was that it starts where Catherine actually says
2: i have a mission for you what you remember court reynolds son of garrett reynolds Oh, you mean the Nazi who dumped you over Fourth of July weekend? I went to great lengths to please Court. Huge sacrifices were made on my part to keep him happy. Sorry. In any event, my feelings were hurt when I'd learned that Court had fallen for someone else. You don't mean... None other than Cecile Caldwell. So that's what this is all about. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. When I get through with Cecile she will be the premier tramp of the New York area. And poor Court's new little princess will be damaged goods. Why go through Cecile? Why not just attack Court? Because if there's an attack made on Court, it could be traced back to me. I can't allow that to happen. Everybody loves me. And I intend to keep it that way.
4: It wouldn't even make sense in today's day and age, what she's trying to do, I think, because she's trying to make it so that Selma Blair is, a, is slutty before she meets this guy before she you know goes away with this guy um but i feel like today men are not like oh i need my girls to be virginal all the time then he says no that's too easy i want to go after Reese Witherspoon based on this article she wrote about waiting till marriage is it just that he decides to do both he takes her wager
3: I think it's that it kind of unfolds in a way where he becomes re-involved in that plot line when she starts coming up with a plan B because she realizes that Cecile's in love with her music teacher. And so mm. she sees like, it's almost kind of like it unfolds into her lap where she sees this opportunity to use more than just... Sebastian in the getting back or Catherine you look like that that's not the case
0: no I'm I don't what I was gonna ask is in the beginning she the whole reason she wants to ruin Cecile's reputation is because of that guy she was with right but so when she ends up sleeping with Cecile's music teacher Is that because she actually realized that she kind of was into him and wanted to sleep with him? Or that's also to screw Cecile over. And if it's just to screw her over, why does she even care at that point if she's not going after, if she's not going to be with the guy that Catherine wanted in the first place? Like, doesn't that mean that that guy's free for her to go after again?
1: Well, it was also one of those, like, it was Cecile already had feelings for the music teacher so that was already there it was more like Catherine was just kind of pushing her along like she didn't do anything she didn't want to do yeah Catherine just kind of gave her the confidence to do it
3: but why does Catherine sleep with the music teacher it doesn't That's Kind. it I'm doesn't saying. really make that to manipulate him
4: my interpretation was that he was hot she's horny 24 7 like 28 7 28 9 like it, it's it's a non-stop state for her and then i think even though i mean she's like a bad person she's a bad human being um she is an embodiment of the female sexual awakening movement and female empowerment of like i think she even says something about it but like you can have sex just to have sex
1: because you're in the mood and she's like represents- that marcia brady quote is that what yes. you're talking about the whole like yes
2: eat me sebastian It's alright for guys like you in court to fuck everyone, but when I do it, I get dumped for innocent little twits like Cecile. God forbid I exude confidence and enjoy sex. Do you think I relish the fact that I have to act like Mary Sunshine 24/7 so I can be considered a lady? I'm the Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side and sometimes I wanna kill myself. So there's your psychoanalysis, Dr. Freud.
4: Sexual confidence is terrifying, and even I, watching it, I'm like horrified. I, I mean, I, I'm not literally. I, I back up and like remind myself that it's fine and chill. But like at first, my reaction is like, how could a woman be so sexually open and go after what she wants like that? Like that's oh my god, dear god, I'm clutching my pearls basically. Like it's it's terrifying. And I'm like, that's how it absolutely should be if the, i mean you don't have to be like that but if that's how you want to be
0: i think samantha jones is the only uh, other example we have of that right yes 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 definitely
1: what's interesting about that is like she doesn't have that reputation but ryan felipe's character does yes but she they do the same that. thing yeah
4: they do the same yeah. thing but but she's not allowed to let people know that that's her reputation. right she
0: she has to be yes. just someone like else outwardly just like she says to cecile when she says
3: everybody does it nobody talks about it
2: practice makes perfect cecile my advice is to sleep with as many people as possible that would make me a slut wouldn't it cecile everybody does it it's just that nobody talks about it
1: so is it one of those things where it's like a she's better at hiding it or is it one of those things where they're almost like doing like a spin on the whole like slut shaming of women versus i think it's that i
3: think it's that she doesn't need doesn't she hides it and he doesn't need to he doesn't make any right to hide it to hide it has to
4: hide it because he's
3: slut shamed he clings to it like a badge of honor that he can sleep with whoever he wants to like when he gets the in the beginning when he gets the number of that girl that just sees the therapist like freaking out and he tosses it aside when he goes home to Catherine and he's like
2: clarissa Call
0: me.
2: I'm sick of sleeping with these insipid Manhattan debutantes. Nothing shocks them anymore.
3: Like he's batting women away with a stick. and he doesn't need to even mm-hmm. care about his reputation. only when it it interferes with his ability to get with the net. does he have to care about his reputation? right.
4: I want to say something really fast that reminds me you mentioned the therapist, and the therapist is played by Swoozy Kurtz, who, is one of the main characters in Dangerous Liaisons. So they, they oh. did like a little thing
0: there.
1: I love when movies do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, I wanted to say, so this was nominated and won a bunch of MTV and Teen Choice Awards and all that. But I thought it was interesting that Sarah Michelle Geller won a Teen Choice Award for Choice bag <gasps> And Ryan Phillippe was nominated <laughs> for a Teen Choice Award for Choice Actor.
4: Wow, wow!
0: wow that's so some she sexism was the right bag. So it's exactly what Archie brought up before, and and what we've been talking about, which is that because he was honest in the end, he ends up yes, a, sort of a hero. And wow. she's wow. And the there's also funny because like away in shame.
1: It seemed this movie seems to take like a lot of movie tropes and do the opposite. It seems
4: it's it's really not your typical at all. Boy meets girl. No, it right away starts on its head with a step sibling duo who instead of loving each other, hate each other. And it's actually like a reveal at the end that they do love each other. Towards the end, there's that moment where she's like, you don't love me anymore. And it's like, oh, did they used to be in love? I thought they hated each other and had sexual tension, you know, like that sort of thing.
2: What happened to us? Nothing has changed. Yes, it has. You're in love with her. You don't love me anymore. Oh, come on, Catherine.
1: It's just a bet.
4: And then it turns out he profoundly hated her the whole time, actually. Yeah. Right? Like, but didn't he hate him? her
1: because he saw her as an equal? She was the one woman he could never have.
4: Right. And and he did see himself in
1: her. Also, it kinda goes back to like the I'm the Marcia Brady of the Upper East Side, because like the whole like Marsha and Greg step sibling thing where like they were Mm. actually fucking behind the scenes the entire time
4: i wonder if they did that on
1: purpose or not
4: i i wonder that's interesting i'm surprised you said so this was like up for teen choice awards this is hardly acceptable for teenagers to watch in my opinion i think i was
1: like 13 when i saw it
4: i was i was 12 for sure I started watching it and I thought it was the coolest, best movie ever. Um, (laughs) There
0: are so many teen movies of the 90s, as I'm sure you know, that were not appropriate for teens. But like this has
4: Sarah Michelle Gellar dry humping her (laughs) stepbrother until he's fully hard and teasing him and then being like him being like, oh, come on. She gets up and walks away. She's so sexually sophisticated for a high schooler. I mean, my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of high schoolers know the whole like tease thing.
0: Okay.
4: Not because on, I so- fuck
1: high schoolers, but because I wasn't.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's, but I think it's less about what she's doing and more about the way she's doing it. Yeah. And
4: it's not even that. That's not even really what I'm saying. I was very sexually advanced at a young age. I was doing stuff when I was 13 for sure. <gasps> Me too. Um, oh, my God. Is this me how we,
1: You guys. Oh, my God. We both hit our <laughs> slut peak into
4: your heart. <laughs> and so that totally resonates with me. And, um, you know, euphoria. I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is this is accurate. But what surprises me is that anyone actually lets their teenagers watch content mm. where Sarah Michelle Geller is like, you can put it anywhere you want. Like, my God, you have to add you. you you're going to let your kids see that. I mean, that's shocking to me. And then, like, it's, like, accepted as Teen Choice Awards that all teenagers have seen this. And it's like... I see what you mean. Mm. Of course, they're all... (laughs) i don't know yeah
0: like my parents definitely had no idea what i was watching or doing but you're right right. for it to be like openly celebrated as a teen movie
1: right see what's weird is my parents were the opposite they were like
0: they were like watch these slutty movies
1: kind of like i would i grew up watching like national lampoons and like the american pie Mm -hmm. movies with like Mm -hmm. my parents in the room (laughs) and like with my sisters and it was a not family nights but it was just kind of like it wasn't a secret that I watched it with them and it'd be like a kind of a, if I had questions, I would ask them. So That's it kind great. of That's opened awesome. the door for that dialogue. Well, specifically with my sisters, my parents were like, sex doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. We're both. What talking about. <laughs> immaculate conception, <laughs> um, which I stand by that truth.
4: I love Catherine. I feel like she, Archie and I talked a little bit about this just last week in our, we haven't put, put it out yet, but in our Sarah Michelle Geller episode, I feel like Catherine is so flawed. She's technically a bad person but it's only because she's deeply troubled and unloved and yeah. unparented and she is smart she's confident she's sexy she's sophisticated um she's kind of brilliant she's an evil genius she's a hero i'm sorry like young girls if you're listening to this like don't go be like Catherine. From- but she has
1: a lot of Amazing qualities to look up to. It's
4: important it's important to look at the qualities that she does have that you would want. You don't have to you don't have to plan to make people's lives miserable and you don't have to do drugs. Really, you don't.
3: I loved the scene with her and Cecile in the park when she's brushing her hair and yanks and on yanks the back it. of her hair I <laughs> tackled it was so funny and then and the, I mean that whole sequence was just so hot and so great when I she was takes like off oh my god hat and teaches her how to kiss I mean can you
4: teach me how to kiss please can Sarah Michelle Geller teach me how to kiss so that would be just that was the coolest oh my god she's and some of Blair's cool. like "Selma Blair's like that was cool
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was cool
4: Stella
3: Blair was hysterical through the whole thing I thought I read that she when she um, auditioned for the role that she came in as Cecile she was v- method she acted bratty in her entire audition and that they were asking the women that were coming into audition how old they were because they needed to know for legal reasons and her response was how old are you that was what she said <laughs> in the audition she's like acting like a brat the entire time it was so funny I love when she's in bed with Sebastian and she's like trying to come on to him and he pushes her off the bed yeah and she falls and she she goes to this bratty place where she's like it's that Annette girl you love her don't you her. it's okay I don't love you either I love
4: Ronald
1: I'm getting out of here
3: I was dying she's, at everyone. her a,
0: lines
4: she's hilarious and I just kept thinking the whole time I was like oh my god I relate to her attempts at being sexy like to her To her, that's what sexy is. He's like, be sexy. And she's like throwing her body all around (laughs) in like the most awkward, unsexy move. Like if someone said to me, like, be sexy, I would probably do the
0: exact same (laughs) thing. You
1: know, all of those characters, especially hers, had to have been so fucking fun for an actor to play. So fun. Yeah. Like imagine getting paid that much literally just to. Be a brat all day long. Like, that sounds like a dream.
0: Her physical comedy was so good. The number of times where she did, like, when he pushed her off the bed or when she, like, flew off the couch and ended up on the floor. Oh, yeah. yeah, So many different times where she did that. She was really good.
3: She was really good.
1: Well, she kind of does the same character with, like, whenever they rebooted uh, Kath and Kim for American audiences with her. Um, It only got, like, one season. But her character is very much the exact same we all looked into like the cruel intentions musical though no, no sir the soundtrack incredible really and whenever insane. like I didn't it, know it, ca- existed. it came out there was a um sarah oh my god why am i getting all their names confused with other 90s stars selma blair sarah michelle geller and um reese witherspoon they all had like a girl's night and went and saw it together but it's like oh God. the God. entire like soundtrack is just like 90s songs that they just kind of like redid almost like a jukebox musical. That sounds okay.
0: amazing. Listen, I am not a fan of musicals but I, I might be willing to listen to it.
1: I mean it's literally like Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears just like someone else covering it. That sounds good.
4: I was really interested in the music of this movie actually how it starts off with Placebo I believe right, every me and every you. I think that's the that song. I'm
1: gonna make that my Tinder song right now.
4: I forgot about it until I um, this movie opened. I, I started watching it, and the so opening scene: Sebastian driving in his adorable little car, um, and then ends with
0: Bittersweet, Bittersweet Symphony
4: by the Verve. And I, I couldn't tell you all the songs it has in between or whatever, but oh, I guess Love Me, Love Me, Say That You Love Me plays in the pool. Uh, I love that the
3: little song.
1: Area. Yeah. Did it um, trigger
0: you, Alexa, from Romeo and Juliet? Yes, it did.
1: <laughs> Do you hate Romeo and Juliet too? Yes, I hate it. <sighs> oh God, One of my favorite I movies of hate all that time. Book. Imagine
4: what this life is like. Wait, being related you, hate the, you hate the Boz Luhrmann version, is yes. that a yeah. 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 I just yeah, I hate
1: d- the entire everything about it. <laughs> about Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> no, okay, I take that back. I like Romeo and Juliet for the intent behind the book when it was written. But like the way the general public has interpreted it I fucking hate. Like it is not a love story. No. No, and no. I hate that people just like portray it as a love story oh, all but the you time. you don't
0: hate Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet.
1: You, you don't hate Is it, that the one with Leo DiCaprio? Yeah. 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 No, I do hate that one. Oh. <laughs> Cuz I was wanting an adaptation. I didn't and this was like back when you had to buy DVDs to actually watch it. So like, I think I paid like twenty bucks for it because I wanted to see it. And then I'm like, they're literally saying the same fucking shit Miss Toby says in her English class.
4: Mm. Like, you wanted them to speak this, differently.
1: I wanted clueless. Want I wanted cruel intentions. Mm. I wanted The Babysitters Club, not mm. that. Although the aesthetics, a plus, but still, fucking hate that movie. <laughs> Breaking Catherine's heart.
0: So I read that the sales of Bittersweet Symphony had a huge increase when this came out. Well, I read that it was incredibly expensive for them to even get
3: the rights to use the song in the movie. For some reason, that they well, would... thank
0: God they did. It
3: is iconic.
0: It caps off what is already an amazing, amazing soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I mean it's literally it's on my like... list.
0: By the way, we're doing an episode on best movie soundtracks,
1: and this is on. Yeah. Your I mean, list. it's literally it an equivalent to like the ending scene of. Uh, the breakfast club.
3: Oh it, for it, sure. It, yes. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent agree.
1: Like those are the only two movies I can think of where it's just kind of like the ending song is what makes that movie.
3: Yeah, like it couldn't be more perfect. The final sequence of this is
0: incredible. When Reese is driving in that car in the black school uniform with a thin black headband and she puts on his sunglasses, I die. (laughs) And then you see the journal in the car next to her. Well, I can't. Oh my God, it's just, it's so good. That is the Reese. Actually, well, the Reese is the Reese from Fear. But Mm. this is like right underneath that.
1: So, one thing that I used to do as a kid that was like super, super weird. Was I would look at an entire filmography of an actor and like try to make it one string of just like one character all the way through. So like mm-hmm. I would find I would come up with like stories of what happened in between Reese Witherspoon's character and this, and how did she get to, from like to Legally Blonde? That
0: is not weird. weird. That's, That's extremely coolest. cool, and you should literally do a podcast about that. That's the so, coolest
4: like, shit I've ever heard, Archie. So-
1: I literally still do it too. Or like if it was a
4: Archie, I, before, I like, might you write universe. a book about this or something. <laughs>
1: But before, like the Marvel We've universe was like about a thing. Teen,
4: teen stars this whole time when we could have been talking about the interims between characters. This is like oh, I will do. You I will
1: need literally, to like, transform your podcast many, anytime. many
0: episodes on this.
1: Anytime, yeah. yeah. Did this? do we just like come up with like season three, or yes. did we just come yes, up with stuff for our own I show? Mean,
0: that's I don't what think I, you realize, Archie, what, yeah. how many people would. Get Kill, die for a podcast like that. My yeah. mind is exploding right now. You guys are doing that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're doing.
1: That's Let's what just we do are it doing. together. We'll do it for Patreon.
0: Yeah,
4: fine. We'll oh do it. It's, I think it's a brilliant idea. Anyway, so so you were saying like with the Marvel Universe.
1: Oh, like <laughs> even with like before the Marvel Universe, before, when, before all of those were connected, when I would read any kind of book or any type of DC, watch any type of DC film, when we know those aren't like canon with each other, like I would try to make the characters fit and like give bullshit backstories like to the point where I'm reaching to try to make it where like, no that character both did those the time Hey, okay, I have a challenge I have not a challenge
4: matter. you can you don't have to do it right now you can come okay. up, it can be homework okay but um cruel intentions Reese Witherspoon's character Annette and Selma Blair's character Cecile she transferred
1: after she got mad because she lost the election in flick or wait did I get oh, the no, I was confused.
4: that's not what I'm saying yet though <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> what <laughs> That's good, though. I like that. (laughs) That is really good. But what happens between cruel intentions to both those characters up until how'd they get to Legally Blonde? How did? Oh,
1: that's easy. She literally like is sick of like the good girl lifestyle. She's sick of being smart and trying so hard. So she literally takes his car. And I mean, tell me you can't see Woods driving that exact same car. Yeah. Drives all the way to California and in that road trip, she's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm not going to care. I'm just going to enjoy life and kind of bases her new personality off of Selma Blair's character, but smarter. And then she falls in love with basically the first guy that gives her the time of day after homeboy dies. Mm. And she kind of like goes back to whole simp, like Christianity, saving it for marriage, but then she fucks him. And so she's like in it deep now. And that's when she, that's basically her origin story. She was kind of like, you know what? Being how- manipulative worked for Sarah Michelle Geller, I'm going to do it here. And I'm going to show up at his fucking law school and be like, hmm, miss me, bitch.
4: What about though, the fact that Selma Blair is in both movies also? Like, how did she go from how did she go from Cecile to Vivian in Legally Blonde?
1: OK, so this is where it gets tricky. So you can go with the route like, oh, that just happens to be a doppelganger type of a thing or you can also do the whole it's one of those undercover things where they are both so drastically different that they're not entirely sure that they're each other mm. they're just kind of like oh she kind of reminds me of that bitch from high school but like you're mm. not entirely sure and because both of them are doing it they never talk about it but low key they kind of understand that that's what it is
4: i am obsessed and that's
1: why this they bonded again
4: because they is- had that
1: bond over like how awful <laughs> those siblings are i am who knows
0: who knows how much <laughs> they knew each other in high school? That's what really. I was just going to say, because they, really they didn't don't interact really that interact
3: much. that much. So they could totally have become like they could totally have waited to Legally Blonde to even really know each other because they don't really interact that much. And yeah, could when totally- we see her
0: driving. If that's when she drove to California, mm-hmm. then maybe she never even interacted with Cecile at all.
4: Yeah, right. And we can totally see how Cecile would have become. Vivian, totally,
3: because it's almost like a, a, a combination she of Mom wanted her be. Exactly. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's the Cecile to Vivian pipeline, as this the kids is, are saying.
1: This, this <laughs> life, all of our technical difficulties were worth it. <laughs> this is life. Yeah. I do this for every movie. Just <laughs> tell me which ones. I Give can't. Give me believe like 10 minutes live of live preparation. I've been living a
0: life like this, and this is the first we're all hearing about.
4: It. I
1: literally thought this was a normal thing that everyone did.
0: No. I wish it was. You were. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm start. I have to say
4: it's really cool, and I'm really excited to to keep having these conversations because I I my brain does similar things, but not quite this this particular trace. I think something about tracing characters is is extra interesting. Anyway, we can get back to cruel intentions.
0: <laughs> One of the things I loved about Reese's character was how strongly she knew and held her own boundaries. Yeah. When she meets him, he's so critical, and manip- he's so good at being manipulative, and he's so critical about her deciding to save herself and all that, and of course, things change later on, but at that time, that's something she feels strongly about, she really believes in it, and nothing that he says or does can get to her.
2: I read your manifesto.
0: You did? hmm
2: I must say, I found it rather appalling. That's a first. Most people praise me for it. Most people are sheep. Who are you to criticize something you've never experienced? I wasn't criticizing anything. It's just my belief that people shouldn't experience the act of love until they are in love. And I just don't think people our age are mature enough to experience those kind of emotions. Are you a lesbian? No. I didn't mean to offend you. I just picked up on a little bit of that lesbian vibe. I wouldn't expect a man of your experience to understand my beliefs. What's that supposed to mean? I've been very well informed of your reputation. What have you heard?
4: Do you promise girls the world to get them in bed with you?
0: She really stands firmly in who she is. And I just look up to that so much because I know when I was her age or even into my 20s, I was really the complete opposite of that. I didn't even know what boundaries were, let alone, did I have any? So I think that's really cool to see. And the fact that the attention and potential validation from a guy like him who is so handsome and charming and this and that, it doesn't, she doesn't waver until she ultimately falls in love with him. And then when he comes to her, the apartment she's staying at, To break up with her and say, I just wanted to sleep with you. I never cared about you. She's so like, I think about myself when I were that, when I was that age, if that had happened to me, I would have been destroyed. I would have been ripped apart. I would have been sobbing the second he said it. And the fact that she instead is like, this is not who you are. I know that you don't mean this. I just, amazing. it's so So cool
2: to me. I thought I was in love with you, but it was just a lie. I wanted it to work, but unfortunately, I feel nothing. Why are you doing this? I just wanted to see what you were like in bed. I know you don't mean that.
1: You know nothing. You don't even know me. The fact of the matter
3: is, there is someone I love. You don't even compare to her.
1: I don't know how to make this any clearer to you. You mean nothing to me. You were just... You you were just a conquest.
2: You're such a coward. Look at yourself. You're shaking. Is that what you came to tell me? I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm completely... Yeah, you're completely fucked up.
1: I mean, honestly, that's an amazing thing for someone to do, even at our, our age. Like, yeah, have yeah. you to honestly just know that someone is going to lash out at you in the heat of the moment and just like twist everything into being a negative because they need to just like feel a little bit better than you in a moment? Yeah. And she's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to let you have this. I know this isn't you, but I know you need to pretend like it's you to get through your heart. I can't think of a single person I've ever met that's willing to do that.
0: Yeah.
4: It's a strong character for a young person, but even for, it's a, a very mature adult. You'd have to be, even as adult. you'd have to have done like a lot of emotional work.
1: By yeah, right. But I also really like how she, they portray that type of person. Cause like normally in TV shows, it's kind of like, Oh, they're just confident. And it kind of comes across as stubborn where it's more like, she knows what she thinks. She knows she does set boundaries and knows how to just kind of keep those boundaries but she's also one of those that's kind of like prove me wrong. I dare you mm-hmm. to prove me wrong. And if you prove yeah. me wrong, I'll change, but you have to prove me, right? Yeah.
3: And even her portrayal as the as the virginal one is really different than how we normally see it in movies and TV because normally someone who is saving themselves or is you know that kind of character also comes along with a naivete.
1: That mm-hmm. She doesn't mm-hmm.
3: have. She is She is like, no, I get it. I just am making this choice to be, yeah, I want to be in love because she's not immature or not understanding or naive about sex and about saving herself. She's like, no, I get it. I'm just making this choice, which is usually not how we see those kinds of characters portrayed. They're usually an innocent girl who's being sullied by a, a bad boy, but that's not Annette she is making a choice and she makes a later choice to you know make a different decision
1: but she also doesn't come across as like a bible beater either or like she's not not really judgmental i mean she's judgmental of him but she's judgmental over only hearing negatives about him which like Mm -hmm. that's fair it's not one of those standard ways that that type of stereotype was portrayed in those films so it's kind of like again taking a standard stereotype in these teen movies and flipping it on its head and giving you like a different perspective of that character.
0: Totally, And the way that he ends up, or at least we think and we hope, ends up changing and potentially becoming a better person, not because she tried to change him. Yeah. That would have never happened. He would have, it just wouldn't have worked. He changed because she was so secure in who she was, what she would accept, what she wanted. It drove him to become better in quotes.
1: It also takes the whole like idea of what is a toxic relationship and what is a supportive and loving one, because in reality her and Catherine's characters are not opposite. Like it's kind of like that whole phrase. uh, Hate is not the opposite of love and differences. Mm -hmm. It literally becomes like, kind of like that they are, but was that phrase like both sides of the same coin or something? Yeah. Yeah. He is gravitating towards the same characteristics that They're just kind of dressed up a little differently. I was going to so say true. that it's
4: it's really interesting to compare and contrast the confidence that both of them have. It's both confidence, but it's two very different types of confidence and it's confidence that's being driven by two very different things. And But it's also
1: confidence in the same topics too. Yeah. Confidence cause... in how you approach Christianity, topics how you approach, approach sex, sex and- relationships. And he's like torn because it's he's seeing the same shit on both sides. And he's like, kind of like, okay, but which way do I go? But I think that's also what makes this movie such a classic, classic film, because I think most of the audience fits into one of these tropes at some point. But then because it gives you that opposite side, yeah. it really kind of makes you feel seen as a viewer. It's like, oh, no one's ever portrayed that version of me on screen before, but that's also a version of me.
4: Hmm. Mm. yeah. What do you guys think about I'm I'm realizing now like Sebastian ultimately, Archie, you reminded me of this because
1: he's like, which do I
4: choose? He's kind of like oh, okay. he's being torn between
1: <laughs> left cheek or white cheek.
4: Left left <laughs> cheek, white cheek. Then he turns around, you see his dick. We don't get to, but you know, supposedly <laughs> um Reese Witherspoon does. I mean, Reese Witherspoon did get to see his dick for many years after that. But I mean, um, once you see it once, why would you
1: not want to see it like constantly? But
4: what I was going to say is he's kind of, he's falling for Annette pretty hard, but like he has this perverted love and obsession for his stepsister. And he's kind of torn a little bit back and forth between them. But ultimately he chooses Catherine and he completely destroys Annette's feelings and soul and he breaks her heart he devastates her and he goes to Catherine and says like I broke it off with Annette
2: I thought you'd like to know what happened between Annette and I It's over Really You were right I can't change You and I are two of a kind I thought we should celebrate.
4: And then Catherine has this whole thing like cheers to victory. When shall we toast to?
2: To my triumph.
1: It's not my choice to toast, but it's your call. To your triumph
2: over Annette. (laughs) What's so funny? Silly rabbit. My triumph isn't over her, it's over you. Come again? You were very much in love with her, and you're still in love with her. But it amused me to make you ashamed of it. You gave up on the first person you ever loved because I threatened your reputation so she's
4: a cruel bitch and whatever we stay on a cruel bitch that's fine
2: don't you get it you're just a toy sebastian a little toy i like to play with and now you've completely blown it with her i think it's the saddest thing i've ever heard cheers So I assume you've come here to make some arrangements. But unfortunately, I don't fuck losers.
4: But everyone's always like, oh, Sebastian made the right choice in the end. But he didn't. That happened. And then he decides to go, oh, you know, now that I've been destroyed emotionally by my stepsister and she has torn me torn me down, torn my life apart. Now that I have nothing left, I'm at rock bottom. I'm going to publish my journals to, an. I'm going to give my give it to Annette, tell her the truth, put all the cards on the table, be a good person. But it's like, come on. So he decides to be a good person after he's literally been like cornered in, into an actual corner. He has no other choice. He's done all the philandering and bad boying, he can possibly do. And he's been backed into a wall. And I just think he's shitty all the way through. And I hate that the ultimate takeaway is that because he dies and because he gives her the journal that ultimately he decided to tell the truth and ultimately is redeemed as a good character. That's not fair. I think he's, I think he's worse than Catherine. The fact that that's makes him good in some way point being like he didn't do all of that stuff out of the goodness of his heart. He did all that stuff because he chose Catherine and then she called him a loser and wouldn't have sex with him.
1: So I kind of want to flip this theory on its head a little bit because I kind of do this when I'm in a relationship, when I'm single, I'm a completely different person than I am in a relationship. And I think that he was kind of going through that at the time. So, cause I mean, she was changing him. And he know, knew it. He saw how he was thinking about diff- things differently and processing things and responding to th- things differently. And his relationship with his sister was changing and his relationship with other people was changing. And I think it became one of those where he didn't know if, I think he felt like he was losing himself because he has never known that side of himself before. Mm. So at the end, when he breaks it off with Annette and chooses his stepsister, I don't think it was him choosing her. I think it was him choosing himself in a way.
0: And safety.
1: Yeah, because he, he knew it. It's kind of one of there's like, the, was it like the enemy you know? Or something like that. Yes. I feel like I've done that like six times on this episode. I'm sorry. But the it's enemy like, you know. is better than the enemy you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's more that. He, it was like an internal conflict with himself. And it kind of was overshadowed by these two giant relationships because they were such, I mean, pretty much like the entire movie. That's what they were about.
0: And he tries to convince himself that he doesn't love Annette when he... Ultimately goes back to Catherine. He's telling himself, the person I'm becoming with Annette is not really who I am. He goes back to Catherine. And it's not until she says that the whatever, what does she say? That the victory was over him instead of that the victory was over is, him instead you instead um, of because he really was in love. It's not until that moment where he realizes holy shit, I really was in love. And even Catherine saw it, even she yeah. knew it.
1: And Interesting. that I think,
0: or at least that's the way I've always viewed it is that that that's is the what moment. makes him realize like the, it's all really real. I really was yes. becoming a better, better person. I actually really did love her. And he sees the journals as his last ditch effort to get her back. But I agree with Zara that it's not fair that he's it's not a good guy at the end because yeah. he's not. Maybe he was on his way there. Maybe he would have been. Yeah. yeah.
4: Now I'm seeing it the way you guys are seeing it, though. And it makes me wonder even a count- like more of a counter argument to my argument is that maybe he actually he gave her these journals because not to even try to get her back. He assumed his chances were over, oh, but he just he maybe. wanted to for the first time actually just do the right thing mm, he's like
0: that's a good point
1: or maybe it was him yeah. laying off his cards out on the table be like this is me i have no secrets from you anymore yeah
0: or
4: maybe this you is yourself. not
1: i'm sorry this is a this is everything i've done you know everything now
4: i actually really no like your says. guys theory i'm 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 not 100 percent sure but i think i'm changing my mind Um, to be on your see it the way you guys are (laughs) seeing it where when she says like I won over you it's a victory over you that moment is the first time he realizes how truly in love he was it wasn't until if you see it as like he was he knew it before that's messy but if that's the moment then then your guys's uh view of it makes a lot more sense
3: gossip girl really took a lot of plots from cruel intention. This yeah. from their Thoughts whole yeah. their whole Catherine and Sebastian's whole dynamic reminded me very much of Chuck and Blair. They're kind of oh a hundred and ten percent and Chuck likes whole conflict except about that Chuck cutting, and Blair belong together. Yes, that's the only caveat. I, I <laughs> mean this whole concept of like who he is versus who he portrays and who is he really I mean that is like totally Chuck's entire conflict. And that's the same the kind of thing we're seeing with Sebastian is about who am I actually and who am I who is the real me? Is totally what happens in Gossip Girl, and it's all predicated on this: who am I with, and who am I trying to become? And mm, all yeah, that.
4: Gossip Girl took so much from this. Yeah, movie.
1: I think that line that she says um, when she's like, "What is it? Victory is mine, or something?" What'd you say, Zara? The line was, "Why can none of us?" Remember I don't this? know. Zara literally Why just said I'll it like five a seconds ago. Oh, she- so we won't have to worry. When- it was like her being like. Well, they're like cheers to
4: victory, you. cheers to victory, and, he's and he
1: like,
3: goes you over a net, and she goes my victory isn't over a net; it's over you.
1: Well, and I think that's the t- entire turning point because, yeah, basically, I think he chose one version of himself because he thought that version was stronger because he's kind of like experiencing feeling watered down in a relationship for the first time. He's feeling um, things like. Self-doubt because he doesn't know where he stands with this girl for the first time. He is questioning everything that he believes in. And he's never had to do that before.
0: And he's never not been in control before. Yeah.
1: Right. So he's not necessarily picking the version of him he likes better. He's picking the version of him that he thinks is stronger and can protect himself more so from. And is yeah. he just doesn't want to feel weak. So then when he goes back and she says that to him, he's kind of like, oh, shit, this is the weaker version of me. I made the wrong choice. It was never about like which girl he wanted. It was like which version of me is weaker and which one's stronger.
4: Absolutely, I think that's that's his arc because they're both so unparented and have no role poz, positive role models in their lives at all. He he grew up not understanding that the exterior and the inter- interior are two different parts of you, and like mm. mm-hmm. in order to thrive in this survive in this cruel world it's eat or be eaten and you have to portray yourself as this extremely tough unreachable unheard of unable to be hurt uh kind of asshole guy and like have a have a sleek reputation and all that stuff and he he this movie that we're watching is like very beginning and unfortunately the end because he dies but the very beginning of him realizing like to be a nicer person to be a softer person is to not be a weaker person to be a more honest person is not does not equal weakness
1: so casually cruel in the name of being honest
4: so casually cruel in the name of being honest so casually I was gonna say something about Taylor Swift earlier, and then I forgot what it
1: was. You it was re- no, that's not our brand at all. It,
4: it was related to it was related to Cruel Intentions, but now I, I got a
1: DM the way. other day that was like, "When you were gonna do an episode about Taylor Swift?" I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Every episode <laughs> is about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, have,
4: have we not talked enough about Taylor Swift?" What's
0: left to say? <laughs> <laughs> What's left? What is left to say? Oh my goodness, Alexa, were you surprised to see Pacey? Yes, I was shook.
3: with his bleach blonde hair and his wasn't he perfect he was amazing i love when he picks up the phone and calls the the jock and he's like gregory the way he says gregory (laughs) on the phone killed me it was so freaking funny i loved all of his scenes I wish she was in it more.
0: And when Sebastian walks in on them, the way that he's sitting back against the headboard filing his nails is so (laughs) perfect.
3: I
4: love it. Okay, but
1: imagine his character and Selma Blair's character having a sitcom. That would
4: be hilarious. (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) having
3: a sitcom. Wow.
1: That's how she got to Legally Blonde. She was the stable one in her friendship. They were college roommates. And she was like, I have to be responsible because they became me. college <laughs> roommates.
4: I have a question. What so, like, his name's Greg? Yeah, Gregory, that guy, right? The one the jock. Yeah, the, yeah the, sorry, the jock, the jock, the jock mm-hmm. waiting for suck my dick, bitch. And like then they all give each other high fives and they're like, Gregster. So we get this idea that he like truly old friends with Annette. That doesn't make s- any sense that to is me.
1: true. Because she has a tendency of getting guys like that to basically. Be soft around her.
0: Mm. Like to be there literally see it selves. with
1: her, with him and uh, Brian.
0: Oh, okay. Because the reason Blaine probably is so viciously misogynistic,
1: you mean, and Greg.
0: obnoxious, Greg, not Blaine. Yeah, Greg. Greg, sorry. <laughs> is that he's trying to fit in with? Yes, it's not trying who he to be really... who he
4: thinks he needs to be yeah. with mm-hmm. those guys. Okay, I'll take it. It's not who he really is. And- it's kind of interesting
1: too that everyone in this movie, like their perception of what they think everyone wants yes. them to be
0: is
4: a yeah,
1: like an awful character. It's like an awful person. That's what and I think that's like a very interesting. I have to say you guys, seen.
0: I was not expecting our conversation to <laughs> Me like hold this depth. I thought girl, we were gonna, wait like,
1: until we could do the episode on ghosts
0: about <laughs> <David Lassie>
1: and... <laughs> Talk about that shit for we're hours gonna, too. Like,
3: Patrick Sweezy de- to be more ghosts that <laughs> what
1: is no, ghost? I've never seen that movie. We're You're talking like actual ghosts? ghosts actual ghosts. Oh like have spirits. To see that movie, not
3: the, by mo- by the not yeah. movie related. Oh just, ghosts. <laughs> just like ghosts as a concept.
1: yep oh, you' all have no idea how like actually dark into that shit like i'm into
4: me too do you like horror stuff
1: oh i love it my birthday is day of the dead me too i love horror stuff do you want your tarot cards read i can do them for you (laughs) i love being scared yeah you can do my tarot cards i can't do yours i know you too well oh okay you're not supposed to read people you know because it can come off as manipulative because like the cards are like the meaning behind the cards is not always the true definition meaning it's whoever is reading the cards like how they interpret the card in the moment. So like mm. you could get a completely different reading from me than from someone else, even if they draw the same cards. So if like you're reading someone you know, it can kind of like change how you interpret the cards.
0: Oh
4: okay, cool. So he'll do your guys's cards.
0: You'll learn <laughs> can you so tell much. me about my signs. Because yeah, what are I they? don't understand them. Cancer Sun. That's a good one. Pisces, Panda. moon, Virgo That's a good rising.
1: One. Oh, so you're like sad, sad and horny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was me. Ah, that <laughs> oh my gosh. Just starts crying. <laughs> no, let me tell you, Cancers and Pisces are the s- most emo, really the water signs in general. Scorpios just know how to yeah. hide it. And Scorpios kind of take a do a mask, kind of like a cruel intentions type of vibe, where it's kind of like a I'm a softie, but like I don't want you to think that. A Pisces will just start crying just as a stress release. And so will a cancer, but cancers tend to be a little bit more dramatic. In Alexa, a not, what do you
0: think? Is that accurate?
1: Not in a messy, messy way. Not like in a drama queen way, but kind of like a, they need drama because they need it to talk about.
0: I don't know, but don't here's what I will that say. Though. Like that, though. I, have o- I have often found that I don't identify that much with cancer.
1: Really? Are you on the cusp? Like
0: when I found out, I'm not, I'm July 1st. When I found out that I was a Virgo rising. I felt relieved. I was like, oh, okay. Like that feels more like,
1: no Virgo rising is bad.
0: Well, I don't <laughs> know about the rising part, but I mean the okay. Virgo part.
1: So your sun sign is how the world perceives you. Okay. Your moon sign is how you perceive yourself and how kind of like how you talk okay. to yourself. So like your Liz Lizzie McGuire, like cartoon character, okay. that's your moon sign. And then your rising sign is how it's kind of like two things. It's how you want people to perceive you and then how you act to your partner in a relationship. Mm. Okay. Your rising signs are still characteristics of you. Like they are still like part of you, but it's more like you want people to see that side of you because you are so tired of them seeing your sun sign. It's like, I want people to see, know this part about me too. I want people Mm. to know this part about me too, Mm. but the opposite of what everyone else sees and what, okay, if someone brings up characteristics of your, um, what did I just say? your rising sign those are like those characteristics where you're kind of like, oh shit, this person makes me feel seen. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. That's how you know your the characteristic is a rising sign.
0: is you said Virgo rising is bad?
1: Uh, yes and no. okay, so I get along really well with Virgos typically. Virgos tend to be super super adventurous sexually. They tend to be um, very critical um, of not just themselves but other people. So they're like a type A, but they expect everyone else to be type A as well. And that's kind of the main two characteristics that I see like true to form all the time. Typically, like the whole like type A thing can come off as projecting, especially with like a partner. Like if you, your partner's kind of like a punching bag at times, that's kind of where that comes from. Wow, I don't okay. know if you have a partner or anything. I don't know anything about it.
0: <laughs> I Well, I'm, I'm thinking about how, how accurate that was for me for many years until I did a lot of work on myself.
1: Well, and that's the difference too. So the main thing with like Zodiac signs are you have to look at them as almost like a personality test that society gave you Mm -hmm. not a person, like most personality tests that I don't feel are super, super accurate because you're taking the test yourself. So how you perceive yourself might not be reality. (laughs) Right. So if you're a Scorpio, you're always a scorpio. It doesn't matter if you're perceiving yourself to be a pisces. It doesn't matter. You're mm. a scorpio. Whereas like every time I take an Enneagram test I get a different answer. Mm. So because it just depends on your mood. Basically, whenever you're born, it's fair to say that the general public and population around you have different personalities based on different times of year. Like people are going to act differently around Halloween and around Christmas and around back to school season and around summer vacation or spring break. Like the personalities are just different as just a giant group. So people who are born around the same time frame will experience those personalities in a very specific order, pretty much the same way as every other every other person that's born around that time of year. Because you're always going to experience Halloween, you're always going to experience back to school and Christmas and all of those in the exact same order as every other person who has your astrology sign. So you're you can't think I've of it as like never thought a, of it that way. Every, so interesting. Interesting. It's so interesting, yeah. so interesting. So <laughs> you can't think of it as like an, every cancer has the exact same personality. Cause that's not true. However, they might have the same, same ticks. They might have similar responses to things. They might have the same, very similar, like pet peeves. Like if I'm sitting at dinner with another Scorpio and someone comes up and starts yelling at us, mm-hmm. we might respond completely differently. I might yell back, but the person next to me might just casually take it and then key their car in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. But either way, like there's like a vengeful spirit or like, there's like a need to get back at them, no matter how you do it. Like there's still similarities in what you need out of that situation. And like, what kind of set you off in that situation? Those aren't the same.
3: This is the clearest explanation anyone has any ever given me of astrology
1: signs. I've never, yeah. Chop it up, make it a second episode. Let's go. We'll keep cranking <laughs> these out all day long.
3: This is what happened with your guys' episode of your Holy Swift spinoff, right? You guys just kept going and it ended up a two-parter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll... Zara was <laughs> like, time. "It's been an hour. I need you to shut up." I'm like, "I'm not done." <laughs> I know. I, I haven't like, told oh you god. God. to come to the song or not. <laughs> I was like, oh
4: my god, how long have we been talking? Time just fl- time flies, and you look at the clock, and you're like archie oh my god we still haven't talked about joe jonas like come on
1: don't even start on him i want to be joe jonas but like i want to fuck nick jonas
4: okay well that's fair but i'm
1: perceived as like a kevin jonas so it's like a
4: ah, no. yeah. oh my god. i don't want to have anything to do with any of them to be honest
1: oh i love them they had a fun concert i just couldn't care less about them i just like that
4: um I got married in Vegas, and also Joe Jonas got married in Vegas with to Sophie Turner. That's kind of cool. That's my only like. Okay, cool. We both got married in Vegas. Whatever.
1: Oh yeah, if I get married in Vegas, you're coming, right? Me? Yeah. Like you're driving down there? Okay, bet. A hundred percent. That's where we're gonna have the meetup. Screw. I love Austin. Vegas. It's it's so stupid, but I love Vegas.
0: <laughs> Did you just say screw Austin?
1: Yeah, because we talked about having a meetup me. with y'all and Holy Swift, and like, <laughs> like me and Zara we were saying and Some should... of
0: them live here.
1: Yeah, like all of there. them do. Oh, yeah. And we talked about doing that, and then I was like, "Yeah, but like." Well, it would make the things. most. That'd sense. make a great episode.
4: It would make the b- most sense to go to Austin, though. The, like Catherine's in Austin, and then Kelly, well, Krista, we'd be the only ones to have
1: to travel." Yeah, and I'm fine with traveling. I've always wanted to go to Austin anyway.
4: You've never been? I'm obsessed Mm-mm. with Austin.
1: Keep Austin weird. Austin hasn't gotten weird yet.
4: <laughs> Austin's my favorite city in America.
1: Wow. Well, that's because you haven't been to Northwest Arkansas.
4: That's true. <laughs>
1: we can go to all the Walmarts around town.
4: <laughs> Archie, before you before you logged on, I said to my husband, I was like, where even is Archie? He's not home. Where is he? And, Walmart. No, and I was at Scott, the mall. Scott goes Walmart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't been to yet today. I need to go though to get I, like, I
4: almost went to Target. You know what? He probably is at Walmart. Um that Archie loves Walmart in case you didn't know. But
1: it's, you, you have everything there oh no i hate walmart as a corporation let me be very clear but like oh yeah gross it it's definitely it has a monopoly it's like that or target and target closes mm. <laughs> well walmart does too now thanks to covid but like but they
4: used to be open 24 7
1: mm-hmm. walmart said wow wow i, I remember when walmart
0: the first walmart opened where i grew up And it was open twenty four hours. It was like like we had a portal to heaven or something. Wow, you guys, that's
1: yeah. As a teenager, when everything's closed, when you're like
0: fifteen, and there's like not that many places
3: to go. I've been to the Walmart you're talking about, Catherine, with my friends because it was something to do. I've been to that. Were you like,
0: I smell Catherine's childhood? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) the stench. That's what my childhood smells
4: like. Walmart. Archie's been to every Walmart three a.
0: M. (laughs) Our Walmart always smelled like butter popcorn. Yeah, they had like a popcorn. Machine Maker. stand
1: thing with coke ices. What? not have coke ices?
0: The like ices? Like, <laughs> oh no! Flavor. We don't do Co- that in New York. I was like, coke, am I coke not being clear? Or do you
1: have you never had an icy before? <laughs> I've <laughs> oh, that's never, that's never heard coke
0: icy before. No,
1: coke no, ices are
4: the ice. best. Oh
1: my like, god! Like I know what you're talking about now, but I've whiskey.
0: never
4: heard that. Oh my god! I would kill for that. I'm sober. I don't drink oh, alcohol. Whiskey and but coke I would. I would kill for a coke and whiskey icy. Oh my god
1: that if i'm ever on death row i want that to be my last meal
4: if i really? ever, if, if, that and
1: ryan felipe's ass
4: you that i mean that, we, that yeah. can be arranged i can bring him to you on death row on death row for sure i'm
1: not saying that that scene was my gay awakening but like it was definitely the first moment in my life where i was kind of like you know what maybe eating ass isn't gross because
4: it's like an ass isn't gross so you're like well
1: Maybe that's why I'm a top now, because I was first exposed to his ass.
4: We're learning so much about like if you right turned now. around,
1: I would have been at the biggest power bottom on the planet.
4: Maybe it all. You never. I mean, you know, it's all because of the the direction Ryan Philippi was standing in yeah. the
0: movie. Have either of you seen 54? No.
1: no, I've seen 13 going on
0: 30. Okay, Well, it's about Studio 54. Yeah. And Ryan is in it and he's shirtless a lot oh. and often covered in glitter. And I Archie,
4: think, I think you you're going to have to watch See,
1: yes. in on paper, yes, that would turn me on very much so. However, I feel like I'm the only one out of us four who's actually had sex with someone while both of us were covered in body glitter. It's not that fun. <laughs> A lot of scratches. Like, yeah. imagine taking, like, glitter eye makeup off, but, like, imagine that all over your torso and your genitals.
4: Yeah, no thanks. I'm going to pass on that. Um, These are the experience. struggles guys have. But I would not, ne- I've like never gone to a rave. So why would I put
1: glitter all over my body anyway? Oh, I've never been to a rave either. That was just like, but
4: you go to like Pride? Is that where you put glitter on your body? I've been body? to where Pride.
1: Do you- where do you put um, glitter we, on your body? I do like, like this- I do like dress up birthday parties every year.
4: Okay. Um, like
1: I've done like a scene kid one. I did like a cowboy one. Um, what was the last one? I don't even remember.
0: I mean, any party could call for glitter as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the two of you very well. Oh, heaven or hell, that I was would, my last one.
4: I would love to wager that Archie knows how to live more like than any of us times three. Like Archie <laughs> is living life. I, I mean, have parties. Maybe, seen kid maybe this you girls too. are too. I'm not. What if our- y'all want to come not.
1: down? I'm not are invited. You're
3: we're, having a scene invited. kid party? Just a random Wednesday? Like what, what, what's the well, case? Well, I just
1: went through, I just broke up with my boyfriend and he pissed me off and I wanted to have like a gothic, like anti like Valentine's Day party, Party, but I felt like that was too on the nose. And I was just kind of like, this is easier. And but I didn't want to have it on Valentine's Day that weekend because then no one can come.
0: Guys, are we done talking about Cruel Intentions? <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> do we have more to say. Do we I don't even more? remember what we've talked about now at this point, so.
1: I mean, I feel like we've definitely talked about cruel intentions for a solid hour. And the other half hour was just like nonsense yeah. that could very easily be broken up into people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why don't you tell
4: our listeners where they can find you guys?
1: You first, since you have different handles on everything since your Instagram got deleted.
4: Shut up. Um, <laughs> I, on, on Twitter, I'm at Zara Lisbon. And because I got kicked off Instagram, um, my new Instagram is at Zara dot Lisbon. So there you go. Oh, archie, shit. are you frozen? He is frozen. Oh no, Archie's like completely gone. Um, <laughs> oh no. Okay. He he just te- he just texted me. Tell tell people my handle is at dear archie on everything. So okay. Go, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, look for at dear archie.
3: And everyone listen to Zara and Archie's podcast. Now here's a story from A to Z.
4: Yeah. Check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, guys. Until next
0: time.